Unity Community of Central Oregon's podcast featuring Reverend Jane Hyatt. I was thinking as I was listening to that song, um, when we say thank you for giving me the best day of my life, who are we singing to? Ourselves, okay. You know, how about just life, the life force? I mean, it, the song is written as a love song. That, and so when we, ha, you know, when we fall in love and we've got that other person there and we've had this great day with that other person, it's easy to think, oh, yeah, it's all about you. But, but then what happens when that person's not there or when the, being a stinker or whatever they're doing? Um, you know, does our, does our joy and gratitude go away at that point? And are we only grateful for what those best days that we like? What about the things that we don't like? Is that also the best day of our lives? No? <laughs> There's some argument here. <laughs> um, St. Saint, Saint Paul, for those of you who know the Bible, St. Paul was... Um, a leader in the early Christian church and he, he was writing letters to all the different churches. He would travel around and kind of buoy them up and, and one of the things he said, and it may have been while he was in jail that he said this, I, don't, I know he spent some time in jail, but he said, in all things be grateful. He did not say for all things be grateful, but in all things. And there's a very important difference to that. So there are plenty of things that happen in our lives, pers our personal lives and in our, in our world that we don't particularly appreciate, that we think it's the wrong experience, we wish it were something different. But gratitude is about being grateful in all circumstances whether we personally enjoy them or not. And that's where the real power comes when we can be grateful in all things. And the way that we do that is recognizing the gratitude is it's a sensation, it's an energy. So right now, if you think about just something that you're so grateful for, everybody close your eyes and think of something. Notice the sensation in your body. What does it feel like in your body as you feel that gratitude? Where do you feel it? Some place you can put your hands on, just put your hands on that. And that's just your gratitude spot. For a lot of people, it's their heart, but not for everybody. For me, often it's been right on my cheek. You know, maybe because I'm just beaming while I'm being grateful. I don't know. But it, it's useful to notice the sensation in your body and to, if you can identify it as a spot. And here's how you use it. It's, um, so let's just say you're walking down the grocery store aisle. And it can be any aisle. It can be the aisle with the stuff you shouldn't be eating or the stuff that you should be eating. Um, Wherever you are, you're just walking down the aisle and imagine you tune into that spot in your body. 
and you just let yourself feel grateful, not because of what's on the shelf, but just grateful. You're just walking there, radiating gratitude. Imagine doing that, being a source of gratitude, the cell tower of gratitude in that particular grocery store. When you do that, it changes how you experience the grocery store. If you practice that in other neutral situations, like a grocery store, then when life deals some things that are not fun, you can find that place because it is practiced. And you can be a cell tower of gratitude even in situations that most people would not appreciate. Eric Butterworth, who's one of the luminaries in Unity, has written many books. And one of them is Spiritual Economics. It's a fantastic book. And he talks in there about um, a man who is given a six-month life prediction, life sentence, whatever. It's like, yeah, I only got six months. And he shows up at work the next day. And everybody's all like, oh my gosh, we're trying to be sympathetic. And, and, and what are you doing at work? And he said, well, I've got this day. And that was his attitude. And he just showed up and he was grateful, and he kept doing that for the next 18, 20 years until he retired. <laughs> Gratitude is a powerful magnetic energy. And the more that we live in that gratitude, the more we have to be grateful for. We're very accustomed to, especially here as Thanksgiving is coming this week, and we're very accustomed to counting our blessings, right? All these things we have to be grateful for. But that's not the highest level of gratitude. The highest level of gratitude is when we are just being gratitude. We can't help but be grateful because it's who we are. It's just so closely aligned with love. I was thinking as I was listening to the song, it's like, imagine that in the beginning there was a tree. And it was a tree of life, a tree of love. And what does that tree do just naturally? It blossoms. It bears fruit. It can't help but, because that's what a tree does. And so if we think of the cosmos, the substance, the potential that we call God, if we think of that as just this field of love, the only thing it can do is blossom into love, into gratitude. And here we are. Here we are, the blossoms. In the earlier meditation service that Donna and Kristen led, Donna was saying that that hue chant that we did, that's a love song 
from the universe, from God to us. Have you ever thought of yourself as God's love song? How would that change things if you walked around on the earth being a love song? Not only knowing that you are so precious that when someone sang a song of love, it looked like you, but that you are that love song going around to everyone else. How would that change your interactions? How would it change how you perceive the people that you see? The other side we say Thanksgiving is about giving thanks, but it's also about giving. And giving and, and thanking, they're, they're the cycle, breathing in and breathing out. I put out on Simple Church, some of you received it and some of you aren't on that list yet, but um, The Loft, who is an organization in town that we gave a tithe to last, the sec, for the second quarter, it's um, living alternatives for homeless teens in Central Oregon. And I was talking to their director this week and found out that they don't have enough beds for all the homeless teens. And so there are many of them out there without a place to live, without any warm sleeping bags. She said, we, we don't have enough to give them out. They need sleeping bags that are rated zero degrees or below because of the weather we have here. They need warm jackets, warm socks, and, and gift cards for places like McDonald's or wherever you can go at all hours to get something to eat or something warm to drink. And when I first heard about that, I just, it, that hurt my heart to think that we have kids in our community that are experiencing this. And I, I wanted to help them and I wanted to engage you all in helping them. And then I was having a conversation with Elaine actually and, and she was saying, what made her uncomfortable, and as we talked about it, she was quoting this thing from Abraham that I really liked, and I realized that that, even though compassion and wanting to help others is a good thing, it's not an elevated form of giving yet. So the elevated form of giving would be to appreciate the people that we're giving them to and not hold them in a low light, but hold them in a high light. So I was thinking about Neil Donald Walsh, who <clears throat> wrote Conversations with God, that I'm sure a lot of you have read. And he's quite, a, he's quite a leader in our spiritual family. And yet, he spent quite a bit of time homeless. That's how he got his start. What if these kids that are out on the street right now, what if they are the future Neil Donald Walsh's? What if they are in the process of doing whatever it is that they're doing here on the planet that is allowing them to become these great leaders in our world? What if? 
And if we, I'm not saying don't give them the sleeping bags. If they, if they don't live through the night, they're not going to be those leaders. <laughs> but, but when we give it to them, if we give it to them from, oh, you poor things, I feel so sorry for you. We are putting out an arc of giving that is going to go low. If we give it from you amazing beings of light who are doing something here in the world that I don't understand or envy, but I can imagine is greatness, then we hit a high one. So I want to invite you, those of you, I know some of you brought sleeping bags and blankets and maybe gift cards or whatever. If you brought something today, would you bring it up here right now? Collectively, right now, we are going to bless. We are going to bless these gifts that we're giving. And we are going to know that these are going to wrap around these beautiful beings of light. And as they receive the warmth that this represents, they are reminded that they are so much more than their circumstances. They are reminded that they are brilliant, beautiful, essential members of our human family. And that their possibilities are unlimited. Their possibilities are not defined by where they are sleeping tonight. Thank you. Loaves and fishes, yes. We just claim this for them, that they know their light and their possibility. And the time that they are sleeping out in the elements is feeding them in ways that they, essential nutrients for them. And it is just a period of time. And they are able to move forward to be and do all that is theirs to be and do in this world. And so it is. So, it is. <coughs> so thank you. Thank you for sharing all of this. It makes me so happy to know that we can give to our wider community. Yes. <laughs> 
Yes, you may bring more next week. Yes, you may. And, and let's remember, as we see those people that are out in the streets, not just the teens, but all those folks, for, what, for whatever reason they're out there, it, it's none of our business why they're out there, should they be or shouldn't they be, or any, none of that. There they are, beings of light on a path, maybe doing high, high work in the world, maybe stuck and not able to access the truth of who they are right now. Whatever that might be, we just send them blessing and we send them a knowing that they are more than they may know in this moment. And they don't have to be out on the street for us to have that attitude. Turn around and look at the person beside you right now. That being of light that's right beside you. Who is here to be a blessing. When we give, we are exercising our greatest power. We are exercising the power to extend the love that we are, to remind everyone of the love that they are. In the abundance class that we're doing right now, the author, Reverend Tony Baim talks about the arc of abundance. And her concept is that from where we give, that's where we find a match in the field of all possibilities. Anything is possible. So when we put, when we put a desire out there, it's like and I was thinking about the Desert Sky Festival they had at Halloween, and they had all the balloons that were up that you're going to throw and try to hit your dart. If you, if you aim low, you're going to hit something low. And if you aim high, you'll hit something high. That's how it is with our consciousness. Low aims are when we come from a low consciousness, like... I'm going to give out of pity. Or I'm going to give out of resentment. Like when we do the offering, whether or not your consciousness is there now, I bet there was a time when your consciousness was there. And there is like, oh, here they go again. The church always is asking for money. Have you ever thought that? You know, and just been resentful. Or you get those circulars that come in the mail or the letters at this time of year from every nonprofit you've ever given anything to. It's all coming like the owls in Harry Potter. It's all coming into your mailbox. And they want more. And if you write the check to them out of guilt or resentment, don't even bother. Don't even bother. In The Soul of Money, another wonderful book, she tells the story of 
early in her fundraising years, she was called to this big corporation, and they'd had they'd had something go wrong. I don't think it was as big as an oil spill, but so, something bad had happened, and now they're trying to polish up their image in society. So they call her in, and the guy has a $50,000 check ready to give her for her nonprofit that she's raising money for. And he said, here, that should take care of it. And he gives it to her. And she walked away with it, and she just had this yucky feeling in her stomach. And, and she, the next day, she went to this place in Harlem where there, were, there was a group of black women that were there. And they were, they were just dirt poor. But this one woman stands up and she says, I want to help with this. And she writes a check for $5. And the others in the room said, me too. And the next thing you know, they've got all this money coming in in small increments like that. And she said, she felt so blessed. It had nothing to do with the amount. It was the consciousness of giving. And she took that $50,000 check, which was the biggest check she'd ever gotten in her fundraising career, and she mailed it back. Because she didn't resonate with the energy from which it came. And ironically, later in her career, she ran into the executive again, who was no longer living with that company, or not living with, but working for that company. And he had, he had expanded his consciousness, and he'd never forgotten getting that check back. That had really gotten his attention. And, and he wrote her a far bigger check from his own personal savings because he wanted to be part of what she was doing. Yeah. So wherever you are choosing to give, think carefully about why you are giving. That's why whenever we have that time in our service, I like to remind us of what we are about here in the world. Because it's hard to get really excited and generous about lights and paying for lights. We can get excited, though, about our mission and paying money toward spreading the light. When we think about the things that really make a difference in our lives that we receive from unity, the inspirations, the, the fellowship that we get. When we think about things like the, the opportunities for service, when we think about that and how our lives are, are fuller today because of that, don't we want that for others? Not in the sense of going out and knocking on doors and trying to convert, but we just want to have this welcoming energy that just spreads out. We want our energy to be part of that. We want 
us individually and collectively to be these cell towers of love so that other people who have forgotten that they are love, other people who feel lonely in the world, other people who are struggling with unemployment or just not enough money to pay the bills or they're not getting along with their kids or, you know, whatever it is, they're having health crises. Everybody is going through something, right? It's called the human condition. And it's part of our journey and we're learning and we're growing and expressing and it's all good. But it's nice to have somebody else that can remind you of that when it's hard to remember yourself. And so that's when we give, that's what we're giving to, to spreading that out for everyone. So this Sunday, or not this Sunday, this Thursday, when you're, when you're giving thanks and counting your blessings, maybe think about what do you want to do on an ongoing basis? How can you make Thanksgiving Day be an everyday event? What's your practice? We did in the abundance class, we wrote notes to people just appreciating them. Who could you write a note to? Maybe send it in the mail even. You know, get one of those things called stamps and you know. <laughs> so that somebody gets something besides circulars and <laughs> they, they get this personal note of appreciation because it feels really good. It feels good to send, it feels good to give. Derek, can I share your story? Yeah, he, um, he was telling me, he's in the class, and he wrote um, a note to his fiancée's daughter who lives with them. And she's 18, 19, uh, not at her most. <laughs> Derek, you're wonderful. Welcome to the family place. <laughs> and so, so he wrote her a note, and he really thought about thinking past those circumstances. Who is she and what does he appreciate about her? And he gave her that note and she had tears in her eyes when she received it. And she wrote him back a note, which was a real shocker because he didn't think she liked him at all. <laughs> but, but you just, but that's what happens. You set out this cycle of giving and receiving. So anytime you are stuck in your life. Those are two powerful ways to get unstuck. Give thanks or just give. Either one. They are reliable. They get you back in the flow. Remember who you are. You are the love song of the cosmos. We need your note. Our orchestra would not be complete without you. We need you. We need these kids. We need us all. And we are so thankful. We are so thankful that we get to be here 
being a blessing. Amen.